0: The The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Why do I love FanDuel? Let me tell you. Because it's America's number one sportsbook. I like facts. I like knowing that they are number one in the space. There's also amazing odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, CBB, and so much more. It's also safe and secure and super quick payouts. You get your winnings delivered as quickly as two hours. It's amazing. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Renee so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. Tennessee Redline, 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode, mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on this show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to, uh, to come hang out with me. Give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together and you guys can get those little abbreviations Abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen to the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the Volume Podcast Network. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. But let's get into it. Here's the best of the sessions.
1: I feel like I need to be with red lips on.
0: It's like my standard go to. I mean, you can't do anything with it on. You can't eat, you can't drink, definitely, you can't make out with anybody. Um, so it's a little limiting in, in terms of functionality. <laughs> Either somebody give me something I can consume through a straw or leave me alone. That's all I've got. I was looking,
1: you have a daughter, a new daughter, is that right? How old is she?
0: She's almost eight months. Actually, she'll be eight months plus one day when this airs. How are you holding up? We're getting there. Um, I'm definitely tired. It's funny because I feel like I've gone through like these ebbs and flows of being tired where I'm like, I feel pretty good right now. But right now I am like in the trenches where I'm like, okay, just getting through the day, waiting for her to take a nap so that I can maybe take a nap. And, um, you know, it's like they go through all these stages. Do you have kids?
1: I have three. Mine are older. I have a twin nine-year-olds and an 11 and a half-year-old, but I hated the baby fate. Like I hated the first, I love, I would have died for them from the moment they were born, but like, I'm not a baby mom. And so- like, I feel for that bracket.
0: It's really funny because I feel like people don't talk about that a lot where it's very much so like, oh my God, everything's so great. I love my baby and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, of course we love our babies. But like, there are those times you're like, oh my God. It's like, once you get through like one phase and then you think you've adjusted, then they've moved, the, the game plan has changed, the formula has changed, and you're moving on to whatever the next thing is. It's just never ending
1: people don't talk about it. And everyone's like, Oh, congratulations. And you're like, thank you. And so the implicit thing is that I have to be super happy, but you know, it's a little bit horrible. Like your body changes. It's not particularly sexy. It's so demanding. It's exhausting. No one talks about it. It's horrible.
0: No, it's so true. It's funny. Cause I planned on talking to you about that today because I mean, yes, obviously on like the female side of things, like not only physically have our bodies changed, um, but like the hormones are all over the place. You're needed from everybody. Your baby needs you. Your husband needs you. Like, everybody fucking needs you.
1: (laughs) No, and by the way, parenting is beautiful. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it's not sexy, right? Like, it's not – there's nothing hot about diapers or spit up or – I mean, unless you're into that. But
0: like, <laughs> That's so it. In that, there's
1: nothing fucking hot about it at all. And yes, it's a big, I feel like the whole thing is a big mind fuck for women.
0: Yeah. It's really funny. Cause like, I would say like, you know, mentally preparing to be like, okay, we're going to have a baby. And I had a great pregnancy. I had a really easy pregnancy. Um, you were
1: hot. I saw your picture. I said, saw like there was like a pregnant picture on your page <laughs> and I was like, gorgeous, yes, gorgeous.
0: I loved it. It was great. But yeah, it's like you have the baby and then you're like adjusting and, you know, you have like that, like you give yourself like those couple weeks where you're like, okay, everything's healing. I got to let my body do its thing. But then you think you're going to like bounce right back to being like, okay, let's bring it. Let's get it on. And you're like, oh, are we doing this right now? (laughs)
1: 100%. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a shift that no one says is going to happen
0: we'll dig deeper into that in a little bit. Okay. So how did you get into this line of work? What is your actual? What's the full title?
1: So I'm a marriage and sex therapist is the full title. Um, how did I get into it? I, I took a random course in marriage and family therapy and I was like, oh my God, I, didn't, I don't think I had realized that it was an option or a thing. Then I was talking to my aunt and my grandmother and both of them were like marriage and sex. Yes. That's what you should be talking about. Like I was that person, you know, in like sixth grade, when everyone was learning to French kiss that wanted the advice and then like when they were learning to give jobs and blow jobs, like enter stage left, it was me. And then like, right. At, like I was just that person. You will find no one in my like developmental history that would be like, Oh, she's a marriage and sex. Ever. I never saw that coming. Like, no, no. I think that everyone from my early years that have found out was like, that makes perfect sense.
0: That's great. Oh my gosh. Sometimes things just work out. You know, sometimes the universe works out for you.
1: 100%. And it's a very cool and beautiful privilege to be able to like help people or talk to people through their most private stuff. Cause sex is funny. It's one of those things that like, I don't care what you look like, how educated, how much money, like if it breaks down, it breaks down in a way that leaves people vulnerable and fucked up and confused. And Your penis
0: isn't cooperating, right? There's not a amount of money in the world to fix it and it will break you. I'm so happy I don't have a penis. I couldn't imagine what it's like for a man to go through that where you're like, it's just not working. And then you're like in your head, like, oh my gosh. I have three sons. I love men. I love my husband, 20 years married, blah, blah, blah. But yes,
1: men, I think in a lot of ways have it easier sexually and their orgasms come a lot easier when their penis does cooperate. However, it comes to such an immediate stop when their penis stops cooperating because you can't fake it and it's such a mental game for these guys and i've seen like the strongest most powerful of men just become paralyzed very quickly at the idea of failing at the idea of not performing at the idea of not being viable or virile
0: and not only that but on the other side of like how complex is the female body like good luck with this road you want to map quest this one? Because like, best of luck to you. 100%. I mean, and we were talking
1: just before we really started, right, about female body post-pregnancy. But in general, female body at its top functioning is kind of tricky. It's such a head game. There's so much research that has looked at that women really need their head in the right space in order to both get turned on, stay turned on, and hopefully orgasm, if they know how, if their partner knows how to get them off, if they can find the clitoris, right? Like there's so much that goes into it. And it's interesting because the most common thing I hear from women is I want to want it, but I just don't want it, right? This desire. And really what research shows is most, not some, most women enter a sexual interaction actually from a place of neutrality or obligation. And it's not till they've like actually quieted their mind and they've actually relaxed enough and gotten into it that they have that subjective thought of like, this isn't so bad. Like, I don't know why I fight this, or I don't know why I don't do this more often, right? Like they like it once they get going, but that initial sort of, I could either take a nap or have sex. I could either like do whatever I was about to do, that for them is a very challenging entry point.
0: And it's like, it's not even that it becomes like, I don't want to use like the word like a performance piece, but it's not like this thing, but it is a little bit of like, okay, now I have to be sexy to some degree. What underwear am I wearing? What new trick do I need to try to bust out to keep my partner engaged? Like it's complicated. And it it can be, it can seem like this mountain sometimes and you're like, all right.
1: It's performative to a degree. And it's interesting that you say like, what panties do I have to have in all of this? Because research also shows top three desire inhibitors for females include feeling connected to their partner, feeling like their body image is on point, whatever that means for them, uh, and feeling like their to-do list is low. So like dishes are done, emails are answered. That's so
0: fucked up, but it's true because it's so hard to mentally log off and you're like, oh my God, like I know I have this I have to prep for and this needs to be done. And And also, I would say sometimes if you feel like your partner's not pulling the weight of doing those things can be a major turnoff. Totally. You feel disconnected and resentful
1: and you feel like, listen, fuck you. You vacuumed.
0: You have no idea the shit I do to you. (laughs) 100%
1: yes and it is a little performative I think women it it is whether it should be or not it's a different dialogue but like there is an element of bringing your a game I have yet 16 years I've been talking to people about sex and relationships I've yet to meet a guy that was like the dishes are in the sink and they're dirt I just can't fuck right now like I'm waiting for it I'm waiting for the guy that's like oh there's laundry in the dryer I can't get into it oh my gosh For a lot of women, it's an inward, like you talk about bringing your A game and sort of amping up and being hot. And I always laugh because for women that masturbate, and I think all women should, and it's very helpful. But like, I always tell men, if you actually watched a woman, like it's probably very underwhelming, right? Because it's probably most women like laying there quietly with their eyes closed or looking at something and like. What we show up as, sort of like, ah, and then where we land when we're just relaxed and trying to get to a climax. Looks,
0: <laughs> looks oh my god, it's <laughs> so true. There's like that moment where, like, you feel like you're trying to, like, put on the show. Of like, this is what it looks like. It's like, no, bitch, <laughs> it's not what it's, it's
1: what it really like. not what it looks like. I, I, always say, like, men would be very sorely disappointed to watch a woman masturbate. When no one is looking, (laughs) it's quiet. It's very low key.
0: I feel like women are far more reserved when it comes to, I mean, I'm sure dudes do whatever the hell they do when they're jerking off as well. But women don't talk about it really like at all. It's like, which is funny because I mean, obviously we all know that everyone's doing it, but it really is secretive. It's so secretive
1: for women. And you're right. Women
0: don't talk about
1: it as much and it's not such a thing. And a lot of women are doing it. I think that there's like a, a meta piece around it, right? Like in the in the 1800s, right? If we're doing like sex history 101, right, it used to be treatment for women to use a vibrator was hysterical women, women that were thought to be crazy. They would give them an orgasm as an idea to release. And there's been like all these historical sex. It's kind of bizarre. And I don't know why women don't talk about it, but I will tell you, I do so much work with women and sexuality. And the single best piece of advice I can give them is have a masturbation practice, have a bank of fantasies, have a space that you can land in your head to help you bridge from being a mom, a professional, a wife, a sister, a daughter, to then like exactly what you were talking about, Renee, that like performative, fun, sexy vixen. Like that transition for women is so much harder than it is for men to sort of click in. And one of the easiest ways to do it is to go to your bank of fantasies for a little while, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, like to help you land because neurochemically, your brain knows what to do with those fantasies and your body knows what to do with them. And by the way, an orgasm for a lot of women can be hard to achieve. And like, if you know how to get yourself off, A, you can direct a male easier, and B, like you can get yourself – Why is it
0: like, so much – hard? I mean, I know that's you must get asked that all the time of like why is it so much more difficult for a woman to have an orgasm, but like specifically with their partner. I mean, I feel like it's much easier when you're by yourself.
1: It's so much easier by yourself because for upwards of 90, 94% of women, depending on what study you're looking at, you need clitoral stimulation.
0: I, I feel like also like generally everyone's educated about sex through porn and – you see these women basically faking having an orgasm through penetration.
1: Listen, I think porn has a giant value for people as like um, inspiration, learning experience, et cetera. But that is one of the biggest disservices, both for the woman to think that that's how she gets off and then for the male set to be like, why isn't my chick getting off in like 30 seconds through penetration? <laughs> because the truth is the average woman needs almost 20 minutes through just clitoral stimulation to orgasm. And now some women who are really like uh, skilled or comfortable in their body and also know what gets them off mentally can do that in in much less time. But if you take sort of an average and say 20 minutes and not 20 minutes of like being tossed around and penetrated from 18 different positions, 20 minutes of focused (laughs) clitoral stimulation with a certain amount of rhythm and consistency and pressure, it's a big ask, right? And so I think that people should use vibrators and not be intimidated because I think they make life easier. And I think that to the extent that we can communicate with our partner or we have an interested male partner who's like, I want to know what gets you off and I'm willing to take the time, but not everyone always has that time.
0: Is there any downfall to women that are using vibrators on the regular? Does that get in the way of them having an orgasm through just like sex with their partner?
1: Potentially. Yes. Right. So for those women that have used a vibrator or for men listening that haven't, like, it delivers almost a hundred percent of the time. If you can get your head in the game, the vibrator will deliver just for sheer consistency purposes. If you then remove the vibrator and you're relying on someone's tongue, fingers, friction of intercourse, if you can catch Okay, hey, who doesn't love a good dry hump? You know? A little good dry hump, right? Old school, a <laughs> little old school action. Throw it back. That's right. <laughs> It's not the same. And so, yes, that could be the potential downfall if you're overusing a vibrator. And so if you're worried about that, then my invitation to you is to, when you masquerade, alternate between digital or finger stimulation and uh, and a vibrator, or hopefully you have a partner that's like chill enough and open-minded enough to recognize that a vibrator is not competition.
0: Yeah, calm down. We're all on the same team here. Guys, I am here with Dr. Lisa Paz, and she is blowing my mind, giving me all sorts of information. This is a fun chat. Um, You've been married for 20 plus years, you said? 20 years? I've been together with
1: my husband 20 years, married 15, yes.
0: How do you guys um, keep things fresh and keep things going? I'm sure there must have been lulls at some point. You know, it's a big chunk of time to be with somebody.
1: For sure, lulls. We've also had three kids along the way and life gets in the way. And so like, I think that there's, there's the fun answer and also the fun plus real answer, right? And the fun plus real answer is that like, sometimes it sucks or not sucks the sex, but like sometimes life is harder, right? And you'd have to be willing to recognize that and communicate through it and know that like, each time you have sex doesn't need to be the best time, right? That like, sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just what it is. And then like, sometimes you have chapters that are amazing. I feel like cheesy even saying this, but communication is really big, right? We like talk a lot. I will tell you our fundamental rule is um, you can't really judge each other, right? And so we know that anything goes at least once. And then if we're not into it after, like fine. And I think that that freedom to be like, listen, I will not judge you. You can let it go. You can be yourself. Like you can do whatever you need to do. And like, if it doesn't work on the back end, like we'll have it go, right? We'll talk it out.
0: Yeah. Like you must, like when something doesn't work, does it turn into like a bit of a a laugh session of like, oh, I got fucking weird. <laughs> yes, it does. And
1: it's fine, right? Because it's safe and it's fine. Um, one of the problems that I think a lot of couples have is um, I'll hear people be like, I would love to do that with my partner, but there's no way. Like, I could do that with a stranger on the street, but I could never do that with my partner. And the problem is, as we go forward with someone, we know them in so many ways. They're, you know, when you're first dating someone, you know them like with batting eyelashes and as someone you're having sex with and maybe a few drinks and maybe laughing. So it's very easy to get weird or to step into fun spaces because that's kind of your primary identity with them. As you go forward and someone is your partner, they're also your family member. And Maybe you have kids with them and maybe you've seen them with a stomachache and maybe you've seen them se- like, you know, you see them in all these other ways. So then to get free and be like, all right, now I'm going to get weird. A lot of people are uncomfortable with that.
0: It's weird. It's almost like, um, you know, it's like a like a performer. It's like, oh, it's cool performing in front of all these strangers. But I see one of my I see somebody I know. That's like watching me do the thing that I do. I'm like, oh God, it's like, it throws you off. Keeping it spicy is hard. Keeping it spicy after kids is hard, whatever.
1: In general, relationships are hard. And then to add the layer of keeping hot sex is hard. Also growing together sexually. Like if you think about what you fantasized about when you were 20, 25, 30, shit changes like everything else. And it is hard to sort of either communicate those changes to your partner or grow together or stay interested in each other in the same way. It's hard work. Like anything else, a cute body is hard work, right? A well-behaved
0: kid is hard work. A good degree is hard work. A nice car, like good sex is hard work over time. You got into a pretty complicated line of work because like, who are the people, like who are the people that come to you? Like at what point do couples go, we need to see a therapist, um, whether it's your marriage or it's your sex life, whatever. Like usually what is that point for people?
1: People come in for different reasons. So some people, I'll tell you, I do a lot of infidelity work. So a lot of people will come in because like they bottomed out because someone got caught cheating and they're either in repair mode from the infidelity or one of them is like, okay, they've been saying they want this or need this for so long. And now at the expense of our marriage, we need to, or a relationship if they're not married, like now we really need to address it. So that's one people come in. Uh, guys who come in individually, it's because something went wrong sexually. They have premature ejaculation, delayed ejaculation, or erectile dysfunction. Those are like the three big individual male reasons.
0: They must want to die when they come in and they're like, oh my God, my therapist is like hot and cute and she's <laughs> telling me about my fucking dick. I'll take the compliment.
1: Maybe. I think honestly- <laughs> By the time guys get, they're so broken down from their uncooperative penis that I think they're just like, for real, you can help. Like you really know. And yes, I think maybe, (laughs) I think within five minutes, they're like, oh, fuck, fine. Fine. Here's what it is. Women come in for low desire, anxiety, not having problems with orgasms. So those are the main reasons women will come in. And then a lot of couples will come in like this our relationship is perfect, except our sex life sucks, or we're not having sex. And I'm always like, uh-huh, tell me more. And within like 15 minutes, you realize they're like annoyed at each other. They kind of hate each other these days. Like, like, They resent each other. Sex is an indicator of so much other shit.
0: Yeah. I think it's so easy for people to have blinders on or to like not want to succumb to saying like, okay, we're hitting a bit of a rough patch right now. Like when everything's always been so good and you love your partner, like, yeah, you do hit those rough patches. And it's hard to like accept that that moment has happened. Because everyone, when you start dating someone or your, you know, early stages of marriage, you think that everything's always just going to be so beautiful and so great. And you guys really hit a stride and this is my person. But every now and then it's like, oh, shit. Got to trudge through the trenches a little bit.
1: Like, I feel you just hit the nail on the head that people start out so great and they think like, okay, it's always going to be great. And then what happens is when there is a rough patch, no one acknowledges it. They get silent. And so then by the time they're actually talking about it, it's because it's like really, really hit the fan. I always think it's better to come at like the very front end, like just to create a platform to be like, what's up? Like, we're a little bit off. Can we just like realign kind of quickly, you know, but people don't, they like wait and wait. And if you think about the way people start having sex in relationships, right? What do we do when we first start having, you're amazing. Oh my God, that was so good, right? Like people fuck, they high five each other. They're like, that was so, yeah, (laughs) right? Like, and so the format for how people start their sex life is through this like high fiving, right? Like, yes, we're so good. And so they don't really have a dialogue available for like when it gets not great, right? Because they'll go silent, silent, silent. And then by the time it's really like needs to be addressed, they're like, all we know how to do is say like, that was so good from five years ago.
0: Is there any kind of, I don't want to say like quick fix. I mean, I know obviously there's always more work to be done, but in terms of like, when you recognize, Hey, maybe we're kind of not on the same page. What is a good way to reconnect?
1: I'm going to break it up. People who are parents who have children, I think the quickest way to reconnect is to take time away from the role of being parents, right? So the parenting role really fucks up sex life. Like what I always tell people is the mom and the dad are not the ones that have sex. It's the husband and wife. And if you are parenting well, you are a mom and dad much more than you are a husband and wife.
0: Yeah. Which can be a real boner killer. It's a
1: real boner killer. It's a real mind fuck. (laughs) And it's really hard to transition back into that. So quickest fix for people with children is to really break from the mom dad role long enough whether you have an hour or a day whatever it is to like get back to just being husband and wife for a second because those are the people that relate to each other well for people without kids who have hit a rough patch it's also about carving out time but it's not so much time like go on a date night time it's more like get back to just um, connecting you know like Almost that initial, you know, when you're dating someone, you feel like so synced up and you're so interested in their experience, they sneeze and you're like, how did that sneeze feel? Right. We're like so interested in their experience in the world. And then like, as you go forward with someone, you're like, I don't give up, like, unless you're dying, don't bother me. Right. Like we become so much less interested. And so I think one of the quickest fixes actually for sexual connection is to try and connect back to like, Hey, I want to like, just be with you. I want to hang with you a little bit. And again, I think communication is big. I'm a big fan of using technology. I think sending sexy text messages is really important. I think sending images if you feel comfortable in your body
0: is really oh, important. Oh yeah, sexed it up. Yeah,
1: I really think, or leaving love note, like I really think also that micro momentum throughout the course of a week is very important. Grab an ass, give a kiss, kiss with a tongue. If it's not a precursor to sex, a lot of people what ends up happening is they like reserve all of these other kinds of behaviors just as precursors to sex.
0: We all kind of do that a bit, right? Where it's like, well, I know if I do this one move, it's going to lead to this. And that's not really where I want things to go in this exact moment. So you do hold back a little bit. 100% it's called intimacy
1: avoidance. It's one of the most common things that either women do to avoid like green lighting their male partner or men actually with erectile dysfunction do also where they don't want to be seen as like, this is a come on. But yes, where I'll hear so many women say like, I would love to get in bed and like caress his chest for five minutes
0: or like just give him a good kiss. And like, but if I do that, it's game on. And the truth is, I. it's like asking for a massage. Can you massage me two seconds later? I'm like, okay, well I do not really get the massage, but here we are. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And so what ends up happening is we, we sort of avoid all of these momentum building behaviors like French kissing, like grabbing, like seeing your partner sit on the couch and like jump on him and straddle him and give him like a big, deep kiss. But then like go about your day without like, the hovering around looking for the sex because you did that. Right. And so I think that couples should really focus on that. And I think that it's important for the woman to communicate, like, I want to do all this shit so I can show up better, like on a Friday night or Saturday night, but like not a green light for sex, because it also helps remind the couple who they are. And again, if you go back to dating behavior, which everyone loves dating, sex, courtship, sex is the best. I wish we could go back to how it was when we were dating. Want to know what you did when you were dating? You guys were really affectionate. You were really interested in each other. You sort of carved out time. So long answer to your question.
0: Hey guys, if you're here listening to the sessions, thank you, hello, hi, and... You love some combat sports? Well, be sure to check out Boxing with Chris Mannix. It's every Friday as he talks with the biggest names in boxing, UFC, and yes, even the occasional wrestling superstar. Chris is one of the most passionate and influential voices in the sport and he's here every week to help you get smarter on all things boxing. He'll also help you win some money on FanDuel with his weekly betting segment where he breaks down the best bets for all the big fights. Download Boxing with Chris Mannix only here on the Volume Podcast Network. Giovanna, how did you and Kurt get together?
2: I was in my 20s. I met Kurt doing any. Pa- I-, I was trying to get my shit together. Um, I know in the podcast, it sounds like I was like all in the acting industry. I was just having fun, dude. So I just kept crossing paths with Kurt. And it was like fate. I met him um, in the th- this independent movie, which was luck. It was all luck. I ended up being friends with somebody, you know, one of his friends. And um, he was going through his problems with his DUIs. And long story short, my mom ended up getting his number because... I Wait, ended up your mom got involved. My mother. See, I had to tell this. Do You know how many times I told the story and I did involve my mother. So I had to tell this story on my podcast to give, okay, mom, it's because of you. All right. Everybody knows <laughs>
3: you're the ride. one
2: that got us together. I ended up going to the Arnold classic uh, with his friend and she, she took us because he had his DUI. He was in a lot drive. So she took his car. We went to the Arnold Classic, which was such a fucking blast. It was so fun. But as she lost the keys. Me being the baby, my mom, saved the day. I called my mom. I was like, mom, which was we were four hours, four and a half hours away. And I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm stuck in um, Ohio. Can you please go to Kurt's house and get the spare keys? And she was like, okay. She grabbed his keys, drove all the way to Ohio. And it was the funniest shit because I still remember to this day, she threw the keys at me. She's like, bye, honey, be safe. I've got to go back to your father before he wakes
0: That's so great. Your mom deserves days. this credit. I'm glad that yeah. That's you're giving why your mom I have her to, credit. Yeah.
2: You better. She's cool as shit. So she, uh, she saved his number. It's been like, like six months later. She uh, texts me and she says, you got to call me. I thought it was important. I get out of class. She said, I feel so bad for Kirk because he was on the news again because of his, you know, his troubles. She's like, You gotta call Curdy. Like, f- like she freaking knows him. Like, oh, you call him. <laughs> you know how they they're all moms are dramatic. Yeah, oh, you yeah. gotta call him. Mm-hmm. He he probably needs somebody to talk to. And I'm like, Mom, he don't know me like that. You like take care do? of him. I didn't know the crazy broad saved his number. I called him and I was just like, no, I texted him and I said, "Hey, I'm here if you need anything. This is Giovanna." Da da da. da. So he called me and I was walking right back in class and I did a UE and I walked right back out and I was like, "Okay, he's called me." So he's like, "Giovanna, I'm so glad to hear from you." Strangely, I saved your mom's number because I was gonna call you <laughs> and ask for your number. That's
3: so great.
2: You know, it, it's crazy because. He really needed somebody to connect with on an emotional level. And he, like, it's like, I got him and yeah. he got me. Yeah. And ever since, like, it was a friendship that grew. We'd started dating in November. We, um, Two days later, she was pregnant.
3: Mm. happened. <laughs> <your> <laughs> it wasn't really <laughs> that's what
2: they all <laughs> It Like, day November, engaged in March. We found out we were pregnant in April, wow, which was funny because wow. people were like, we got married. It's like so many rumors because like the second time we had like, oh, they're just hurrying up because she got pregnant. No, honey. It, that didn't happen. He, yeah. I got engaged. We were planning a wedding. April found out I was pregnant, which, you know, I, I loved it because, you know, I saw my daughter. Being the flower girl, like yeah. it was, it was perfect. Everything was perfect. The way it was meant to be exactly the way it was. So
0: things work out. You guys were meant to be together. Yeah. It's and to be. yeah it's I'm, I'm
2: stuck with him.
0: Yep. Yeah.
3: Yes, Aww. you are. Aww, you wouldn't want to be stuck anywhere else. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay, Kim, give us the goods give us a randy story uh, give us the I, Kim. you are
3: you know what's so funny my son michael just called me five minutes before i was trying to get on and he's like mom mom you forgot he listened to the first episode and he he goes you forgot something and i'm like what did i forget so he's like ma you don't remember the sign we made so i feel like i've said this story um i met Please randy me kept the up. boys to the show Did you keep it? I don't even know where it is. You didn't keep the picture. You didn't. I
0: know. How unsentimental of you, Kim.
3: I know. And meanwhile, like I have every card. I had every text picture, everything. I have all of my stubs from every show I've ever been at. And I still have the tickets from the first night. That I met oh, that's him.
2: good. See, that's yeah. good. Okay. okay. You have printed on a paper. I have
3: something. I have something. Okay. You got something. Okay. But he was okay. like, got mom, something. you forgot the story about how we went to the mall and we were making a big sign that said, RKO my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you got to I... get him, Michael. Hold the sign up. Hold the sign up. Make him look
2: over here. <laughs> and that's so... why he said, I oh, want to know all of that. Yes.
0: <laughs> And I okay, totally so, but like, what was the moment of like you? What did you guys like make eye contact or something? Like, you're in this, you're in the crowd. Yeah. At a WWE show. Yeah. Randy's out there. Poughkeepsie, in a
3: tiny little spot in Poughkeepsie, New York, upstate. And Homeboy walks out and he's doing the, you know, Randy, I walk slower than anybody thing. And They're Randy uh, swag. He's, he's uh-huh. walking and, and I see him like he looks and I'm like, and then, you know, he's walking, he looks again. And I look at the lady next to me and then he goes in the ring and he keeps like turning back and he's, and I'm going, the lady goes, I think he keeps looking at you. And I'm like, Oh my God, I think so too. I don't, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I'm like, that's why I'm here. And uh, so after that, I run to the barricade after his match is over and I'm like, Oh, ah. <laughs> <Hello. laughs> you know, look into my eyes. I know once we lock eyes, that's it. (laughs) And, uh, and he's, he did the, like, you know, he's trying to be slick and he's taking pictures with everybody that's around me. And then finally he comes over and he's like, Hey, do you want a picture? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And we we take a picture. And then he was just like, what's your name? And I'm like, Kim. And he's like, well, I got to get to know all of this, Kim. He's like, do you live around here? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you know, do you want to meet me in the diner, in the red line diner? And I was like, oh, my God, that's my favorite diner. <laughs> <laughs> so bugged out, Renee. And, you know, Randy, he's not like no. forward like that. He, no. He's more like to himself and hiding and shit. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. Right. So Scott came out and took my number. And then he gave me Randy's number and then Randy texts me and he was like, meet me in the diner in an hour.
0: Did you die when he first texted you? You're like, shut the fuck I up. It was like
3: dry heaving. I'm like literally nauseous because everybody that knew me knew I was in love with him. He was my past. I wanted to make out with him more than anything. He just looks, he's an April boy. I'm like Aries, like we're going to. We're gonna connect. And I just knew that once we made out, and I this is what I told everyone in my family. I'm like, if we ever make out, he's gonna fall in love with me.
0: What happens at the diner?
3: We meet at the diner, he can't go in. So I go up on the bus and we're talking. And he's like, Oh, who we at the show with? I tell him my boys, and he's like, How many kids you have? And I tell him three. And he's telling me about Alana, and I'm telling him about the boys and this and that and this and that. And then probably like a good 40 minutes, we're just talking about everything and then and he pushes my hair behind my ear and I'll never forget this because I'm like this is so like Missouri boy because no boy from New York or man would have ever done this (laughs) but he pushes my hair behind my head and he goes would you mind if I kissed you I think I fell in love with him at that moment it was at that moment
2: (laughs) right right So that was that moment you fell in love with him, Kim. So, (laughs) okay,
0: (laughs) I have a follow up to this, that like you loving Randy prior to meeting him. How fucking stressed out were you the first time that you guys had sex?
3: So now here I'm dying. Right. Because I'm thinking to myself. So like we didn't fool around. That'd be like an outer body experience. Out of body. Just making out with him. No lie. (laughs) Making out with him was. And I remember like just smelling him and. When we first kissed, I remember just like stopping for a second and thinking, like, did I just make out with the guy that I watch on TV that I've been telling everybody that I was going to fall in love with? And he the was the Viper's
0: like, coiling, baby. Here
3: we you go. Know what I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you can, you know, get down and do the pound thing. Like <laughs> 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 but on the real Renee, dying the first time, dying, dying. Because, you know, he's a fucking specimen, right? Yeah, So he's he just, is. He is. He's hot. And he works with all of these beautiful girls, you know, and all of these like just in shape men and just everybody around him is good looking right so now I'm like okay I got three kids I got like stretch marks on my butt and hey, like
0: Kendrick Lamar shout out we want to see that shit you know, you Get know out there?
3: There? Yeah. and so I was kind of dying but like it wasn't a thing at all we were just very like in the moment, we were getting it on. <laughs> I Well, I
0: mean, I bet. I feel yeah. like it's funny because I, I mean, I'm sure them. anyone that's listening to this is like, yeah, I feel like we all sort of have a glimpse into what the sex life of Randy and Kim is like. I feel like it's on your guys' Instagram <laughs>
3: all the
2: time. Some some pictures had to be deleted. <laughs> my
3: Anthony wants to die every time. <laughs> he Randy posted this picture of his hands on my boobs. We were in Jamaica. And we're just standing in the bathroom and we're ready to jump in the shower and I'm taking pictures. And he's like, I'm fucking posting it. I'm like, come on. Like, you know, I got nothing on it. He's like, my hands are big and it's covering more than if you had a bathing suit on. This is how he gets me. Right. I'm like, well, that's true. (laughs) So he posts it and Anthony's 11 and he's like, ma, ma. My friend showed me that picture. He was like, you still got it up. He follows Randy on Instagram. And I'm like, first of all, he shouldn't be following adults. <laughs> <I'm>
2: like, <laughs> he shouldn't even have an Instagram.
3: <laughs> that's his mother's problem, not mine. I go, but I go, and we had to delete it deleted anyway. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <down>. <laughs> but that's having boys. And now Giovanna will know having boys. It's like tricky. Especially, Especially now that they're getting older, yeah. it's so that's tricky good. because, like, me and Randy kind of still feel like we still want to be sexy and hot and like post cool, like provocative things and stuff like that. But the kids are so, like, I got to think, you know what I mean? I'm like,
2: hmm. yeah, yeah, it's so crazy because my son, which totally. I'm, I'm not even like, I have three daughters, and then here comes the son, you know, that's older. So he's starting to tell me things. He's like, mom, I don't know how to feel about this. It's just so, you know, I don't, Renee, my son's adopted. Uh,
0: yeah, I would I uh, love to get into that story too. It's really cool.
2: He's like, mom, my friend said something and I don't know how to feel about this. And I was like, what? what's wrong? He was like, they're saying that you're hot. Oh, and, well, mom is a milf. Is what they probably said. I don't know you're what. To, damn right. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about that. And I was like, bro, that's weird. And I was like, but is it weird? Bec- like, would that is that mean saying that? Because I don't want to insult you, but you're my mom. I stuck up for you, but I don't know, like, because he, it's all new to him. Yeah. But the natural feeling of him being my son and I'm being his mom. Yeah. He's like. Cause you know, he's like, that's weird. Like, bro, don't say that to me. So it was, it was a fun, so that's when I text, like I call Kim and I, I ask her for so much advice because she has three boys and he's like my son and I'm like, is this normal? Like, what should I say to him? So it's, boys are funny.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We we have the one daughter I've no, I mean, she's eight months old, so I've not gone through any hurdles of anything like that. I'm actually kind of looking forward to those like ridiculous mm-hmm. situations and seeing how John handles them, how I handle them. Um, okay. So Giovanni, you've got your three daughters and now your son. Talk to me about the whole process you guys went through for adopting him and bring him into your family.
2: I think I got this from my mother as you're starting to know who, how she is <laughs>
0: nurturer. She's
2: very nurturing. She's so funny. Like my sisters would like have friends that did, like, they're, they're like a, um, a broken home and she would bring them in like it's her own. And she'd be like, oh, what do you want for dinner? Do you want to come with us on vacation? And my dad would be like, what are you doing? Like, because <laughs> I have eight siblings. So oh my mom, my, so my mom's like, what's three more? But my mom has a big heart. She loves like, you know, having a big family. And I think that's where, because I saw having a big family and I saw the unconditional love. I wanted that too. I always wanted to adopt. Like I always wanted to, um, I love being a mom. My husband's a good father and we're okay to do it too financially and everything. You know, we have a lot of room like our kids would love to have another sibling. It's so funny because every single night he thought I was crazy. Every single night I was subscribed to all these like adoption agencies and it was funny because before I fell asleep, I don't know if this is like the Christian to me, like I would show him a baby or show him a kid. He's like, why do you do this? And I was like, oh, just to show you, you know, see, this one can have a good home. We could be his parents. So I'll pray for all these kids every single night. I would pray for them. And I'll be like, I hope you find like a mom and a dad. I don't know what happened to him. I, I We got out of church and he was just like, do you, you still want to adopt? And I was like, Yes, I do. (laughs) So we were looking into adoption. And the more we looked into it, we wanted to adopt a child. It would be harder for that child to find a parent. So either a special needs child or um, a teenage kid. We said, okay, which direction do we want? So when we found out that it's like, as soon as a kid passes 12 years old, it's harder for that child to be able to adopt. Like the chances of it is, is slim to none. Yeah. So um, my husband works so much. We wanted to adopt overseas. And it's, if you adopt from China or Colombia, you would have to be there for like, like a month. And my husband's schedule, he couldn't do it. So we looked into adopting from Bulgaria, but the, the whole adoption process was, was insane. You know, it it took a while because of Kurt's background of his DUIs, and I had to make proof that, you know, he was like able to adopt, which thank God everything was okay. You know, everything was good. But we went over there and I swear to God, this kid looked just like us.
3: (laughs) I just like me. It's
2: it's crazy. He He does more like Giovanna than two of her daughters. He knew zero English. And I think that was very easy for me because my kids had um, a language disorder. So I was very patient Mm -hmm. in that aspect. But I swear to goodness, like I think three months in, he was starting to be fluent. He was like a sponge. Like he knew there were certain things that I
0: how old was he when you guys got him?
2: He was 15. He's He's such a good boy too. A good kid. God. He has a job. He has
3: his permit. He has like my 17 year old team, nothing. <laughs> like, he don't want
2: to please us. <laughs> her son <laughs> wants to please them. I asked him for advice a lot. And I was like, is this like with the whole hair situation? Oh. oh, dear Lord, help me on this one. I was just like, dude, his hair, like, I guess this is a phase of the hair looking like it's not comb thing going yeah, on. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, Kim, what am I supposed to She was like, listen, it's at least her, her, her- son wears a hat. Mine would just be like, Ooh, look at me everywhere. Let it I, all I went through that battle. I'm like, it's hair. Like it, it <sighs> doesn't
3: matter. As long as when he walks out of the house with you, if he's presentable. <laughs> oh my
2: care. God. It's his hair. But Renee, this us. kid became so um, Americanized very fast. So he comes home. Oh my God. Fortnite. Like I'll be, be like, Oh my gosh. His favorite word right now is brah. Bro, so now my daughter's saying it and i'm like stop <laughs> saying that <laughs> fucking word stop like juliana's like brah what are you doing oh, I'm like, oh my
0: stop. gosh that's so
2: word
0: funny. okay what is one of the difficulties of being a wrestler's wife what comes in i mean i guess i can chime in on that too because yeah. i'm also a wrestler's wife um yeah. but for you guys what are um what are some of the hardships that you have had as a wrestler's wife is it watching some matches? Is it, um, the fame side of things being on the road? What kind of things uh, do you guys see that can be a little bit difficult?
3: I think watching any of the old stuff back, like the McFoley thumbtack match, that was really hard for me to watch. But when I was pregnant with Brooklyn, he had his Brock fight and Brock's like splitting him open. And, oh
0: my God. That was um, insane.
3: That's really hard to watch. Anything physical, and I'm sure Giovanna shit. You it hurts me to watch the match with him and uh with Kurtz and friggin' what's his name? The feet. <laughs> uh Shane McMahon. Oh Why are you the feet? Sad couldn't come to my because he does the feet thing. I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> it's like Matt Riddle. Like- <laughs> Brooklyn just oh, polished boy. Randy's toenails the other day and they're still polished. I can't wait to say this to Kurt. He I swear said, to God, I'm dying. He was dying. in the trainer. He was in the trainer Monday and he goes, and I and I took my shoes off and I'm like cracking my feet and I looked down and I realized my toenails were polished. And I was like, <laughs> I go, they're going to think you're biting riddle. Because yeah. <laughs> take it off, take it off. But um, you know what's hard with Randy? Girls, because Mm -hmm. he's like a sex symbol, girls feel like they can just come up to him and flirt or, you know, be sexy. And I'm like... uh
2: hold the fuck outside. up. Right. Yeah.
3: yeah. Like, you know, you could think he's beautiful from afar, <laughs> you yeah. know, cause so like did I,
2: statue.
3: yeah, <laughs> no, so did I, like, I get that. And, and it's so funny because at shows, if I see girls going crazy for him, I love it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're holding up sides and they're like, Oh my God, I love him so much. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my baby daddy. Baby daddy. <laughs> you know, that's my baby daddy. Like I'm proud to be married to like a hot, <laughs> Sex symbol kind of guy, right? yeah But then it also, you know, you'll get a drunk bitch who will be out somewhere and she'll be like, Oh my God, the viper. And I'm like, Don't make me fucking hurt you. Like, Do you go lose away. It, though, because
0: I feel like sometimes a personality that you Yeah. Well, sometimes,
3: somebody. like, like we were in a diner one time and some chick, it's like in the middle of the night and she comes over and she's our waitress and she goes, Oh my God, oh my God, can I have a picture? Can I have a picture? So he's so funny. He'll give me the eye like, yes or no. What should I do? Mm. So I'm like, <laughs> right. So she sits next to him and I take she's, she's like, oh, can you can you take a picture for me? And I stopped doing that because I'm not his photographer, but I always used to. Right. And, and so I take the picture for her and then she goes, wait, can you take one more? And she, like, this is his face. And she's like. And I'm like, oh oh my god! Yeah, and I go, I go. You might want to take your phone before I fucking throw it. Get up! (laughs) And then she slides out, and I'm like, like, where do you think you get the nerve? That's like me walking up to your husband, Renee, because he's on TV and going, oh my god, I love him so Mm -hmm. much. Can I put my tongue close to his face while you take a picture? It's like, also get your
0: COVID-ass face away from my. You know what I'm saying?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, beat it. So that. That becomes sometimes like a thing, but he's so he's so good and like respectful to me because he kind of puts himself in the same situation. He's like, I I don't know if the tables were turned. I don't know how I would be able to deal.
0: I feel like Randy and John are similar in that sense, too, that um, if they don't want to be approached, it is very clear that they do not want to be approached. Like there's times when you're like, okay, not cool, go, go up and yeah, not Kurt. Yeah. I mean, you could pass Randy and be like, mm, not going to bother Randy. Yeah, today. no, and not right like, hey, now. How's it going? But then there's other times it's like, Hey man, how's it going? You know, you can like shoot the shit with him." Yeah. Uh, but John's the same way too. Where, like there's times that you're just like, mm, yeah, he's not, he's not open for business right now. And yeah. you can, you can definitely tell that.
3: Randy yeah. told me a story about him and John going overseas. And he was like, yeah, you know, never really talked to Mox and da, da 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 da. he goes, but he sat on the back of the bus on the tour and, you know, we finally sat down and started talking and, you know, I said to him, yeah, man, I thought you were like, you know, T-Self kind of like a little bit hole ish and, you know, and he's like, yeah, you too. And he was like, <laughs> two assholes connecting, right? <laughs> it's great because they're not, they're just like, Randy's very like introvert yeah. and you wouldn't think it. He wants to be home doing his same three things and that's it. And when he has to go to work, he'll go to work and then come home and you know, there's, he don't like change. He don't like bullshit, small talk most of the time. You know what I mean? Like if you want to have a conversation with him, he's really good for that. Yeah. But it depends. It depends on the, the time and the day. You got to keep... <laughs> catch him at the right moment. He's
0: finicky yeah. motherfuckers. No, it's so yeah. funny. I remember hearing that story, like, and I heard that story from the reverse from John yeah. of, of him and Randy kind of growing down. But I will say, I mean, Randy has always been, um, you know, even since both John and I don't work for WWE anymore. I mean, he's always been one of the first people to reach out. I mean, when we had the baby, when the stuff went down with John, I mean, Randy has always been there and reached out to us like in all those moments. So he's a good person. We love love Randy over here.
3: He has a very big heart. And most people don't know that. Yeah. He's very sensitive and caring and he just, he really has a big heart.
0: It's funny, too, because I feel like, I mean, I, I didn't know Randy all that well prior to you guys getting together. I mean, I had been around him and I had worked for him, but I didn't like know him, know him. I feel like he was less approachable. You yeah. changed Randy Orton.
3: Everybody or says that it. front, like John Laurinaitis, like, yeah, he's a different guys, person. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, we, we, no one even really spoke to him. You yeah. know, it was yeah. like, kind of Hi and keep it moving kind of thing and i'm like really he's such a like chill you know, make you laugh, kind of guy. He's not like that anymore in the back, which is so cool. No,
0: he's not. No, yeah. I mean, Randy, Randy's always oh, like I down for like a laugh. Well, he, like he, he was, was
2: also young whenever he started too, which True. Kurt always says yeah. he was like he was just a young cat and everything. But you know, he he grew up. Yeah, he's not he's the sad. same guy he anymore.
3: Like, he he walked in when he went to work, and and now you have like Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and like all these big guys and flair and hunter and all these like names and so you kind of are like well you would know right like back in the day everything was very respectful and it's like hello you know nice to see you blah 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 you know what can i do for you Yeah. (laughs) now it's like people walking around in the back and it's like people kind of think who the fuck they are before they're somebody
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like they're in their spot okay yeah yeah It, (laughs) it is it's so interesting to like see that i mean it's great it's awesome it's so nice to to see that it's cool seeing people just be happy and be with the people that they're supposed to be with and everyone is good and and life is good um kim have you gotten in trouble for getting a little fiery on the old twitter machine
3: i'm so bad like i can't if i get mad i'm me and randy are very similar in that regard like if i'm mad you know i'm mad I'll have the I want to kill you face and not know that I have that face on, but like I'll catch myself. But I've said things to people on social media only because they were attacking me. I'm not used to that and I'm not used to not being able to even defend myself, which pisses me off because you have all these people online being keyboard warriors and saying whatever they want to say. And then the second you say something back to them, they're like, Oh my God, they're picking on me. And it's like, but you started it. But I had to grow up and Randy's like, baby, he's like, I get how mad you get. And you can tell me how you want to kick their door down and like record you kicking their ass and post it. Like, I get that, but you can't say that online. (laughs) I'll try. <laughs>
0: I'll do better. Sorry. Yeah, I'll try. Um, Giovanna, do you do you ever get caught in moments like that?
2: I'll tweet something and I'll screenshot it and send it to Kim and says, should I say this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's I hilarious. actually um, you know, whenever Kurt got out of rehab, and this is crazy because I, I don't know. It's like, you know, when you do something, it sticks in the back of your mind somewhere, it's like hidden. The incident that I had was I didn't know that I would be like the wrestling websites will go after me like this. It was whenever Kurt got out of rehab and he was supposed to do something with um the DLO, they, they had his charity event that Kurt was supposed to go to Kurt couldn't do nothing whenever he got a rehab he was antsy he even like Sophia was a few months old whenever you go through rehab you, it's like the stuff that he was taking was he was numbing himself so whenever he he was he was clean. He felt every emotion, like everything, even like when the baby was crying and he was holding Sophia, it was giving him like kind of like anxiety a little bit. So we went through a rough patch. So when he was going through that for the first like six months, he was supposed to go through this charity event. I tweeted out that he's not going to be there. The website said the charity event was canceled. I think it was D'Lo. One of them was just like, it's not canceled. I don't know who started this rumor so I was just like, I didn't mean to say that. So the website was saying everything that I was saying. It was like a new website that popped up. Like, I was just like, you guys, like, come on, this is not news. You guys can find something else that is news. This is like, find real news. This isn't news. They would say it again. So it was like, they were attacking me. So I deleted, like, I think I like, I had a hundred... 100,000 followers on Twitter. I deleted it. I was just like, I fucking hate social media. <laughs> like I was just telling my husband was not mentally okay to to do an event. So because of that, I have to think before I do. And there's some times where I do stuff and I delete it because I was like, it's not worth it. You know, I watch what I say. I try. I try to had, yeah. censor Randy before. <laughs> you don't
3: well, say.
2: He be tweeting some shit,
3: don't he?
0: <laughs>
3: Randy's He's actually great. one of my
0: favorite followers. he goes off sometimes, I'm like, oh, fuck, Randy's on some shit right now. Yeah, Here, go. Yeah. And then there's I Kurt just it.
2: tweeting about himself. Right. <laughs> hey, what can, can I say? But stuff. today that I... <laughs> But the fans don't even know about. Oh, I want a gold medal! (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) guys, it's been so nice to hang out with you and get to see your beautiful faces. We love you. I know I love you guys so much. It's so nice to see you, and I'm so excited for your podcast. I'm going to be a perpetual listener because I want to hear all the dirt.
2: Yay. Oh here we Yay. yay. Just be good Jess, we could talk about our
3: first interview. You popped yes. my chair, Yeah, I did. Pop my You're cherry.
0: damn right? I did. Yeah, you hey. we were on like the a hotel roof in Brooklyn when I got to uh interview you and Randy for um Unfiltered. Talk
3: work. about an asshole Puckered. I was <laughs> so scared. I was so Scared. Ah, uh,
0: oh, that I'm was crazy. so much fun. I, I, yeah, I remember that day very, very clearly. But here we are now. You yes! have your own. I know. So this is amazing. This is so crazy. cool. And uh, I'll be listening to your guys' show. And I miss we'll you guys. Be listening so yeah, to you. Don't forget to so leave a five star,
2: Renee.
0: Read <laughs> it, review it, subscribe to it, like it, the comment, all that shit,
3: all that good stuff, right? Thanks, Renee. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full-length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like, a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing, head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there, and you can see us talking Having this interview, having a hangout, it's all up on there. um, And that's been like a really great, cool, growing community. So I'm really enjoying the hangouts on the YouTube as well. So we can see you guys over there and jump in the comment section, you know, jump in, chime in, leave a comment. Uh, We like filtering through them all, reading about them. Maybe even like, I don't know, some constructive criticism. If you had it, we're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions.